This is your coffee break. Hey friends, I am here again this week and I have with me another special guest. Her name is Jennifer Blanchard and she is here to talk to us about writing, branding, and all sorts of amazing things like that. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm very honored that you're here. Thank you for making the time to do this. Could you tell us a little bit about your own writing journey? Sure. So I always say I've been writing since I was old enough to hold a pencil. So pretty <laughs> much my entire life. And um, officially, you know, writing when I actually started to do things where I thought I might actually be a writer one day um, was in middle school. I started to write some poems and then I was writing short stories and I wrote a novella. And I just remember thinking, like at age 13, I'm going to publish this and I'm going to be a novelist and I'm going to write movies and, and I'm going to have these stories turn into Like that was just sort of what I always imagined. And so um, back then, self-publishing was insanely expensive. This mm -hmm. was like in 96. So I'm talking like $2,500 just to do one book. And, and it was just crazy expensive for someone who was 13 years old. So I never really spent much time thinking about it after that. And then, of course, the years go on. I went to journalism school, um, got a degree doing that, thinking, oh, well, this is, you know, the best, most professional way to be a writer and get paid for it. And so um, that was kind of how that all began. And I was still sort of I was writing short stories. I was writing fiction. I was still interested in eventually publishing a novel. Um, and I just hadn't really done it at that point. And in 2008, I had finally gotten to a place where I was just sick of every January being the year that I say, this year I'm going to write my novel this year. I'm going to write my novel. And it was sort of an every January thing for like pretty much my entire life, like forever. So in January 20 or 2008, I just said, you know what? It's time. And I'm going to do it this year because I knew I was turning 25 that year. And it was just like, it just felt like this is the time. So I gave myself a goal of finishing it by, um, the 22nd of September, which was my birthday and I was turning 25. Awesome. And so I started kind of that journey and then wasn't doing the work, started a blog to motivate myself to actually write the book. So I basically was like, you know what, I'm just going to blog about my journey, talk about the stuff I'm learning, explain to people what I'm going through, how I'm overcoming my procrastination. Cause at that point it was just really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did it. And so in, in that year I had finished the first draft of my first novel. And then I discovered I knew nothing about writing novels. <laughs> so, um, so then I went and spent the next five years studying story, learning craft, mastering structure, um, and all of that stuff. And I officially published my very first fiction book in 2015. Um, but I've also written 10 nonfiction books as well. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of been my journey. And so now I'm a blogger and I'm an author and I'm working on a screenplay and, um, yeah, just looking for other ways that I can take my writing and just do other things with it. So, so that's been my journey. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. It's always so valuable to see where writers come from, the choices they make, where they decide to go, what's right for them. I heard a few things in there that I kind of want to ask you about. The first of those is overcoming procrastination, which is, oh boy, that is also my Achilles heel. Can you tell us a little bit about how you overcame procrastination? I mean, I would say it's still something that I struggle with in a very minor way. So it's not like it used to be where back then I would do everything I could think of to avoid my writing. So it was literally <laughs> just, Oh, I have to clean the house. Oh, I have to do laundry. Oh, I have to do this. 
And I one day found myself literally on my hands and knees scrubbing the bathroom floor because I was trying to avoid sitting down and writing. And I think the biggest reason that that happens for people is that they maybe don't understand enough about craft or they don't understand enough about their story. And so it's intimidating to sit down and think, oh my gosh, I have to look at this blank page and figure out what to write. So for me, that was always the problem. And as soon as I learned craft and I studied story and I sort of knew more about how to bring a story to life, I found that the procrastination sort of subsided in a lot of ways because I finally knew what I was doing. And so when I sat down, it was never, oh, what do I write today? Because I didn't know what I was going to write, but I had a story plan and I had an idea of where I was headed. And so when I sat down, it was almost like having a prompt every time. So that I think is the biggest thing that helped me overcome the procrastination was just learning what I didn't know yet so that I could feel confident that I knew what I was doing. So when I sat down, I always had something to write and I never felt like, what do I do now? That was a big part of it for me. Um, but again, like I said, it's sort of something that, and I think it just writers in general sort of struggle with this, but the other things that have helped me overcome the procrastination lately have been one, just making sure that I'm focused on the right things every day. So I feel like sometimes we put off our, what I call our soul work. So our Mm -hmm. writing and the things we really want to be doing because we think, Oh, all these other things that I have to do in my day are way more important. But the truth is what ends up happening is that you put off the things that actually matter and then you resent things that you have to do and you get angry and annoyed and just in general, just not happy. And so Mm -hmm. for me, I found if I started to focus just every day, getting up and being like, I'm going to do my soul work first. My writing's going to get done before I do anything else. And as I started to do that, I've just discovered that one, I actually sit down and do the work every day because I know this is like my sacred time to do that. But also it's allowed me to not resent other things I have to do. And therefore the procrastination has sort of been, um, again, just sort of gone away because of that, because I'm really putting that soul work first and making it a big priority and letting everything else I have to do be second tier to that. And so that has definitely helped and sort of just tracking my stuff every day. So like I have an app where I mark down if I actually did my work, you know, if I did my fiction, I did my nonfiction, I mark it off on there so I can feel like, oh, I have a streak going. I'm proud of myself. Like I'm doing a good job. And then I think the other thing is just um, making sure you're giving yourself permission to actually do the stuff you really care about. Because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we procrastinate because we think we have to do something, but not necessarily actually wanting to do it. So for example, maybe you don't want to write a novel. Maybe you just like short stories or you like poetry or something, but you keep telling yourself, I have to write a novel because that's what writers do. And so you procrastinate on it because you don't actually care about it. So I think it's also looking at, do I actually care about this thing that I keep saying I want to do? Or is there something else that I could be doing instead that I actually would do and not procrastinate on because I really do actually want to do it? So getting clear on that made a big difference for me as well. I love that. That is such a really beautiful sort of threefold way of looking at overcoming procrastination. And a lot of that resonated with me as well. I really especially appreciate what you said about sort of using procrastination to avoid fear, avoid the lack of confidence that what we can put down is actually good. Um, I, I really, really appreciate that. And I also appreciate you admitting that it is still kind of a struggle. And I, I think that that's good that um, even professional writers admit that like, yeah, this is still hard to do. And sometimes I don't want to do the work. But at the end of the day, 
I love your phrase. It's our soul work. It's what we were built to do. It's what we were made to do. It's what we need to be doing. And it's just, it's just so crucial that we do it. So thank you for thank you for sharing that. I want to ask you also about reaching goals. You had this initial goal of finishing your novel by the time you turned 25. What helped you to reach that goal? Was it sort of just the prioritization that you talked about a little bit earlier? So it was definitely the blogging. So just like every week, giving myself that, okay, I'm talking about my journey, I'm sharing what I'm doing. And so I I felt very accountable to the people who are following me. And not that there was very many people following me at that point, (laughs) but um, there was about 25, I think, for my first year of blogging, which wasn't a lot, but it was my first year and I had no clue what I was doing. So I'm actually, I'm surprised that there was that many. So um, that's awesome. It was definitely good. That was a big part of it. And the other part was that I just realized I needed a bigger push. Hmm. So in July of that year, I actually hired a writing coach who her only job was literally just every week I send her two chapters and she collects them for me. And then we have a call to just confirm like if I have any problems, if I have any challenges that are coming up and she's just helping me diffuse any fear or procrastination that's coming up for me so that I can just keep moving forward. So she wasn't a story coach. She didn't help me with the actual story, which is why when I was finished, it was a total disaster story and <laughs> it was kind of a big mess. So, I mean, and I'm not like, it's not her fault at all. She just wasn't that kind of a story coach. So, um, so definitely, you know, if you are going to hire someone to help you, make sure it's the person who's actually going to be able to help you, mm-hmm. um, with what you need. Now at the time for me, I just thought all I needed was accountability, somebody to push me to finish, which she definitely did that. So I feel like it was very useful. It's just that I didn't realize that I didn't know what I was doing when I'm writing the story. So after that, I ended up having to hire a story coach and and get more help and an editor and all that stuff. But, but definitely having the story or having the writing coach to just push me to finish made a huge difference. And it was, I was so committed to finishing that I actually, um, so it was September, 2008, which I was living in Houston, Texas at the time. And it was Hurricane Ike. So we had, had Hurricane Ike. And I finished my draft in the dark by candlelight on a laptop that had a dying battery oh my God. because I was that committed to getting it done. I was like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to finish it right now. And I did it. And I was like, and I was two weeks early. Super proud of myself. You're awesome. Oh, my gosh. That is so awesome. Oh, how did it feel when you were done? Amazing. I, I had a bottle of champagne that I had bought. So we had put it on ice, like in a cooler. And it was just like, okay, as soon as this thing is done, like we're breaking that out and we're, we're going to celebrate. And, and it was fun. Of course we were in the dark and we had candles and stuff, but it was still, it was really fun. And, and just to feel like I finally did that thing that I've been talking about for my whole life practically. Oh my gosh, definitely. So do you do, um, NaNoWriMo at all? Um, once in a while, usually I'll use it. If I am going to do it, I use it as motivation Hmm. for something. So it'll either be like, okay, motivation to plan my story or motivation to revise this draft I'm working on. Um, I haven't written a novel during NaNo because I honestly don't believe in NaNo as a way of writing a novel unless you have a story plan ahead Mm -hmm. of time, which most people don't. So I will only do NaNo if I feel like it's that time where I've got my story plan ready and I'm going to sit down and write it now. Um, Most of the time, like I say, I use it as sort of motivation to work on something else. So right now I'm using it for this year um, to revise the novel that I've been working on for the last year. So hopefully the final revision, but we'll see. But yeah, so I I sort of use it as a motivator in some ways for that. Excellent. Because it is good for that. 
It is. It's wonderful. The the community of writers sort of comes out of the woodwork and everybody sort of cheers each other on. And um, that sense of community is just so nice to belong to. So I definitely yeah. get that. Um, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and ask you, uh, your your personal brand is going through a little bit of a change. And I would love to just hear a little bit about how you're using your writing in new ways and sort of how you're positioning writing going forward. Absolutely. So I am launching a brand new brand called Dream Life or Bust. And the idea is that rather than just doing one thing, which is what I've been doing for a long time now, um, my writing, obviously, being the main thing. I'm finally going to do all of the things creatively that I wanted to be doing or that I have been doing in my personal life, but not actually showing anybody. So I'm finally to this place where I've realized, well, I guess I realized it a while ago, but I finally accepted it, um, that I'm multi-passionate and that it's not possible for me to choose one thing and be as successful at it as I want to be because I don't want to just do one thing. And when I do just one thing, I feel pigeonholed. I feel like stressed out. I feel like I can't be creatively unleashed. And then it makes me not want to go all in on it because it's just this one thing, but there's way more things I want to do. So what I'm basically doing now is transitioning to this brand where I can do all of the creative things that I want to do, which a lot of it still involves my writing. It's just in a different way. So now I'm going to be blogging about topics I've never blogged about before publicly. Actually, I'm creating a t-shirt line right now that's going to have phrases that I've come up with on awesome. there. and. And, and just things like that. So I'm basically stepping into this completely different world. But at the same time, it feels exactly where I was always meant to go. And I feel like I couldn't have gotten here without all of the stuff I've done up to this point. But it's really now just me saying, you know what, if you're multi-passionate, you don't have to choose one thing. And I'm going to prove it to you by doing it myself. Um, and then also hopefully inspiring other writers who are multi-passionate to see that they don't have to just choose just their writing, just writing a book or just writing a novel as their thing and that they can do everything that they want to do. Cause really there's so many other things that are creative that involve words. So it's not like you have to just choose, oh, I'm going to be an author and I'm going to write books. It's like, well, I'm going to make t-shirt line and I'm going to create, um, quote picks and things that I'm going to sell that are going to be like handmade and just things like that, that I'm sort of using my word still, but just in different ways, which is really, really fun. And I'm excited to um, just have the opportunity to do this. So, so that's kind of the direction I'm going in now. And I'm still going to be writing books, obviously, because that's, I'm never going to not do that. <laughs> um, but I'm just bringing in, I'm just bringing in additional pieces of creative stuff that I've wanted to do for such a long time. And I just have never given myself permission to do it. I love that. And you know, this is something I haven't talked about on the show before is being like you said, multi passionate or multi creative. Tell us a little bit more about all the different sorts of creativity you're looking to integrate. So that would be some of the biggest I'm also going to be writing about personal style, which I think is just this topic I've always wanted to write about. And I'm just never because I'm like, Oh, I don't have a fashion degree. I don't what do I know about fashion. But honestly, when I think about that thing, Danielle Laporte always talks about, which is what do people thank you for? And that's the thing that you are probably really good at and you just don't realize it. And so when I look at that, there's two things that people always thank me for. One is to being inspirational. They're like, they're always saying, thank you so much for inspiring me. You motivated me to do whatever thing they were planning to do. And then the other thing is fashion advice. People are always asking me advice on clothes. Like I get texts and pictures from my friends, and my family. Does this look good? Does this match? Does this go together? And I've been doing this my whole life. It's just I've never really talked about it. So finally, I'm like, I'm going to write about personal style, which is something I've always been interested in. 
I just never gave myself permission to write about it. So that's one thing. Um, another thing is that I'm going to be writing about food because I love food. It's a huge part of my life. Um, I have a health coaching certification, so I went to school oh. for it. And and again, no one, most people don't know this about me because I never talk about this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, that for me has been such a huge part of my life for so many years. And I've just never really written about it because all of these things that I'm interested in, it's like, well, how does that fit on a blog about writing? Well, it doesn't. I didn't think. And so that's why I never allowed myself to write about it. So finally, with this new brand, I can write about everything because it's me living my dream life. And my dream life is me getting to write about all the stuff I care about. So I'm going to be doing food. I'm actually launching a digital magazine, which I'm very excited about. And I'm the first issue, I'm pretty much writing everything. But after that, I'm hoping to bring in other writers to sort of expand and and bring more um, just opinion and you know different pieces into it. But right now, the first issue is just going to be me putting the whole thing together. Um, but yeah, I have a background in, in magazine journalism and online journalism. So it made sense that that was something that I finally gave myself permission to do as well. So with the multi-passionate thing, I think the biggest factor is just giving yourself permission to do all the things that you're interested in and also to accept that this is just who you are and it's okay. Like you don't have to choose one thing. And I know that's what so many people out there tell you. And especially online, they're like, oh, if you want to be successful online, you have to niche and you mm -hmm. have to choose one thing and you have to be an expert in something. And yeah, maybe that's true for some people, but I find for multi-passionate people, it's soul killer because you don't just want to do one thing. And so it's like, yeah, you could do that one thing, but then all these other things are dying inside you. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how I felt over the last few years is like, I'm an octopus with eight arms and one of them is flailing and all the rest are tied behind my back and I can't use them. It's just not fun for me. And so I'm finally to a place where I'm bringing more fun into this business that I've created. So it's not just my writing business now, but it's me just being me. It's me making a living, making my world all about the things that I'm interested in and just, you know, putting that out there for other people to see as well, because why not? I mean, the whole thing is that the niche is you. Mm -hmm. And if you can see that, it makes a huge difference because when I was looking at it from a perspective of, I have to be an expert in something, I have to choose one thing. Well, yeah, writing was always that thing because there is nothing else I could ever imagine myself doing forever besides that. Like that's my thing, but it's not my only thing. And so to do that to myself has really been the thing I think that's stopped me from going all in on the business that I had and, and really creating the life that I saw for myself. And so now I'm just going to not care anymore. Like, I'm <laughs> going to say, you know what? I'm going to do the things I want to do. I'm going to write about what I'm interested in. I'm going to, you know, talk about the things I'm interested in and create whatever I feel like creating. And the right people are going to be interested. And the ones who aren't the right people can just go and find somebody else to follow. And that's kind of how I'm looking at it now is just, you know, you're just kind of at that place where you're just saying, you know what? I would rather do all the things that I enjoy that are fun for me and never get paid for any of it than get paid to do something that just makes me feel like the rest of my soul is dying because I'm not doing all the other creative things I want to do. I mean, I don't think I, I feel like because it's one of those things you're so passionate about and doing the work, you're going to figure out a way to make money from it. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, not even an issue for me at all. But I definitely feel like I wouldn't even care if I didn't get paid for it because I just this is so much fun for me now. That is awesome. And I know that there's a lot of listeners out there right now who, 
you know, probably say, wow, she has the, the life that I want. She has this dream life, but I feel so trapped. And one thing that I appreciate you saying was that um, you never said so-and-so gave me permission. Um, you, you never say like, oh, I had to wait for this or wait for this. You sort of imply that you took permission. Can you tell us a little bit about how that worked for you? Yeah. So I would say for a long time, I didn't give myself the permission. I kept telling myself that I, it was basically had to come from the outside. Mm -hmm. I had to be, I had to achieve a certain amount of stuff or I had to get to a certain place or I had to be considered an expert in something before I would have permission to go do these other things. So like I was saying, the fashion thing, I never Mm -hmm. had the permission because I didn't go to school for it. What the hell do I know about fashion? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Well, Now I'm just saying, you know what? The permission comes from inside. The acceptance comes from inside. It's not anything you're ever going to get on the outside. And if you wait for it on the outside, you're going to be waiting forever because no one is ever going to give you the permission to be who you are. Right. You have to give yourself the permission and just say, I'm going to be who I am. And, and really it's, it's important because I think a lot of the times we tell ourselves we can't do that stuff because everybody else is doing this one thing and everybody has their expertise and, you have to develop that too if you want to be successful. But the thing is, what the world needs is not for you to figure out what the world needs. What the world needs is for you to figure out what makes you come alive, like the Howard Thurman quote, and go do that. It's not about, I'm going to choose this one thing and I'm going to do this because I think I'm supposed to, which is what I was doing for a long time was, oh, if I'm going to have a writing business, then I have to do freelance writing and I have to write books and I have to coach writers. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was doing because that's just what I thought I was supposed to do. But now I'm like, Hey, what actually makes me excited? What makes me want to jump out of bed in the morning and, and actually do the work? Like what makes me want to have fun? Well, not that my writing business isn't fun, but it just isn't fun enough Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't everything. And so now because I'm indulging in all the creative things I want to do, I feel like just on fire with excitement and with passion and with, um, the drive to actually do the work because, again, I'm inspired finally. And I feel like I'm, I'm motivated because of that. So, you know, give yourself the permission. It is an internal thing. And so if you're not already doing internal work on a daily basis, that would be the first place to start is journaling or meditating or doing some sort of a, something you can do that's going to help you to go inside and figure out what it is you actually want and what it is you actually need. And a lot of times it just is that permission and that acceptance. And it took me a long time to get here. I'm really, really excited to be talking about this with you right now. Speaking of doing all the things, in addition to all this creative stuff, you also have an idea of how to create a brand, how to create a business. Can you tell me just a little bit about for authors maybe looking to either start their brand or sort of shift their brand like you've done, what sort of steps would you need to take at first? Well, I would say the first one is just figuring out what it is you actually want to be doing. Cause I mean, that's without that, you don't have the drive of the direction. Where am I going to, where am I going to go with this basically? So it's really figuring out, okay, if I could imagine myself living my dream creative life, what would it look like? And just, again, this may be a journaling prompt. Write it out for yourself. What would it look like for you to have your dream creative life? What would you be doing each day? How would you be making your money? Um, You know, whatever. And this isn't to say that this is like you have to follow this exact thing. It's just sort of getting in touch with what is it that you truly want to be spending your time on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so once you are clear on that, you can sort of figure out, okay, what are the overarching pieces? Now, for most people, it's just going to be them as the brand. So I see it more like a celebrity brand where it's like, 
I don't know, like Kim Kardashian, you have her as the brand, she's the umbrella. And then under that, you have books and makeup and clothing lines and, you know, whatever else she has, apps and all these games and stuff. So it all ties together because it's her. And so that becomes the branding versus, oh, I'm just going to be a writing coach and my branding is I'm a writing coach, which is basically what I've been doing is I'm a story coach, I'm an author, Um, which is fine because it is true. It's just that's not all of it. And so now it's shifting the brand to, okay, well, I have, and and for me, me it was a little bit different too, because I had the phrase dream life or bust. Now, most people may not have a phrase and in that case, just brand on your own name. Um, That's the best way to do it. I mean, I have a brand as my own name as well, but that's mostly my writing stuff. So now I'm sort of going to play both of them. But I would say the biggest thing is just figuring out what it is you want to do, because without that, you can't sort of drive the direction of where's my brand going to go. And then the other thing is coming up with your message. So what is the overall message that you want to get out to your community? And for me, it's dream life or bust. I mean, that's the message is you can have everything that you dream of. It's possible and you can make it happen. So it's not necessarily a question of if it's a question of when and do I actually want it? So, um, so it's look at your message. What is the message you feel that people need to hear? And one of the ways to find what your message is, is to either ask yourself that question. So what is it I feel that people need to know or that they need to hear? Or if you had, let's say you're in a really crowded room full of people and you had a microphone and you had, you know, a minute to tell people what you stand for, what would you say? And once you have the message, then you build the brand around that. So you've been all of these things. You've been a novelist and a nonfiction writer. You've published all of these books. What is your just absolute favorite piece of writing advice? My favorite piece of writing advice? Well, that is hard. Okay. (laughs) I would say, I don't know that this is necessarily writing advice specifically, but I would say the best piece of advice I could, I would ever give a writer or anybody, but especially a writer is just do you like, what is it you want to write about? What is it you want to spend your time writing? What is it that you want to share? What stories, what, um, ideas, just figure that out and do you don't try to do what other writers are doing. Don't try to follow the system of, Oh, if I follow these five dots in a row, I'll get to this place. Like, don't try to do that because then you're just going to put yourself in this box of being like everybody else and you're not like everybody else and you're not meant to fit in with everybody else. You're meant to stand out. So figure out what makes you uniquely you and then just do those things and write about that stuff or, um, you know, create that stuff. Cause that's always going to be the thing that makes you stand out that makes you unique and different than all the other people out there. So I see a lot of writers will try to figure out, oh, what topic do I want to write about? Or what genre do I want to write in? And then what would people in that genre be interested in? And and I'm not saying you shouldn't think about your reader because you absolutely should, especially if you plan on publishing. But in the beginning, it's not always about the reader. It's about what do you actually want to be writing? What would you want to read? What are you interested in? And then go write that. So just do you, whatever works for you. And that's the other thing too, is you don't have to follow the processes that are out there. These step-by-step paint by numbers. Oh, this is how you should do things process. You don't have to do that. I haven't done that for the most part. And I'm still where I am now. I work full-time for myself. I don't have to work for anybody else. I don't have to go to a day job. I have complete freedom and control of my time and my location. And it all came from just doing what I felt like I wanted to do and doing what works for me and not what works for everybody else. So yeah, I've 
learned from a lot of coaches. I've taken a lot of classes. I've hired a lot of people to teach me what they do. But at the end of the day, I still do whatever I feel works best for me. And so it's like, learn that stuff, but take away from it what feels great to you and not what you think you should be doing. Jennifer, this has been such a pleasure to speak with you today. Can you tell us if we're interested in learning more about you, visiting your website, where can we find you online? You can find me online at dreamliferbus.com. You can also find me at jenniferblanchard.net. Both sites cross together. So if you go to one, you'll find the other. And then I'm also on Facebook, uh, Dream Life or Bust. Instagram, same thing, or Jennifer Blanchard writes. Um, those are pretty much the main places that you can find me. Wonderful. Thank you again for being a guest today. Thank you for your wisdom and your insights. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 